You are listening to yet another one of the fine members of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more of the member shows over at techpodcasts.com. This is brought to you in part by My EDI Media, where media comes to play. This week's episode of System Showdown is sponsored by Blog Talk Radio, the sports docket. And the sports docket. It's the Showdown Docket Silocast. I'm Blog Talk. Yeah. Let's go. Bring it on. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This is System Showdown with Gloss and John. The best technology show on Blog Talk Radio. And sports. Or PC. Who will win? Tune in to find out now. On Jeopardy! <laughs> and welcome to episode 32 of System Showdown here on Blog Talk Radio. Today we have a jam-packed showdown and sports stock and plan for you tonight, and I'm Quas, the PC guy. And I am John the Mac guy. Hey, I'm Steve, the uh, unnormal guy. <laughs> <laughs> and now we are going to join the sports docket for our tonight's simulcast program. You have tuned in to the sports docket with Ace Man and the Quas, the best sports radio show on Blog Talk Radio. So we got a great show for you tonight. The System Showdown Sports Docket Simulcast here on Blog Talk Radio again. As we said before, and we'll say it again, we got a jam-packed program for you guys tonight. So it's going to be a great show. Definitely want to stick with us for the hour and a half, the two-hour program that we have. And we're going to start it off uh, with um, DJ Slim from IdolBlogLive.com. Uh, he writes over there for American Idol, as, as well as um, among the other couple of reality TV shows. And DJ, thanks a million for coming on, and uh, I guess tell listeners a little bit about how you started the blog and what you cover about American Idol. Well, first, thanks guys for letting me uh, on your show. Uh, I started my blog back during season three on my personal website, and decided that I needed to move it over to uh, something that was just straight American Idol. And season four, that's what I did. 
We did that just basically so that people had somewhere to come to discuss all the aspects of the show, you know, put up videos, the performance MP3s, pretty much everything, and uh, it's grown to be uh, quite a quite a big site for the most part. Okay, well, uh, thank you once again for joining us for a few minutes here. Uh, now I wanted to ask you, do you think the right David won the show? Oh, yes and no. I mean, either one of them would actually would make a lot of money in, in recording contracts and stuff like that. The one nice thing about David Cook winning is, is it always needed to have a rocker win. Chris Daughtry came so close. He's been very successful in comparison to some of the other winners that we've had. And, I mean, finally David Cook, a rocker, wins. And, you know, it, it just shows that some of the genre is changing from just your standard pop music, and people are looking to rock now and, and, and not just pop and, and country. Hmm. All right. Well, we uh, got a question. Uh, Go for it. Right ahead, uh, DJ. I wanted to know. Like, I mean, obviously the Paula controversy, uh, the Paula Abdul controversy. I actually uh, apparently heard Jason Castro's song beforehand. I was wondering, well, what were your thoughts on that uh, whole controversy? Well, there's the there's the talk that supposedly Paula saw it during re- uh, rehearsal and it is true that sometimes the, uh, the the judges do watch parts of rehearsal. However. You know, there's also talk that they don't watch rehearsals, so it's hard to say. In all honesty, I think the show is scripted. I do think that the, the producers give wow. the judges certain things to say and certain people that they got to throw under the bus, certain people that they want to win, and they highlight that. I mean, they're definitely going to highlight who they want to win and who they think is going to sell the most records. It's a money game. It's exactly what it is. It's who's going to sell the most records. So Jaya Malikar, back from, what, season five, season six, he wouldn't sell records, but, you know, they're not going to let him win. So they're going to give him certain comments to make sure he doesn't. And that's what kind of what happened. Yeah, how about this? Like, we have a question that's probably been on everybody's mind ever since it's been the two Davids. David Archuleta's oppressive father. Do you really think, like, what do you think about what happened, and do you think it affected his results in losing in the finale? I do, in a way. I mean, I'm sure his father was his backbone, or part of his backbone at least, in the show, and, and gave him some good, you know, help. I, I, he's probably a pain in the butt. There's no doubt about that. And you know, <laughs> most fathers can be a pain in the butt. But not having his father in rehearsal with him backstage to give him some extra advice kind of probably hurt his chances a little bit. And it did give him some negative publicity going into the, you know, the finale. And any negative publicity is going to affect your voting. There's no doubt about that. For the most part, though, I mean, there was two good Davids. You know, America voted, and they picked which one they wanted to win. Now, a lot of people um, currently uh, idolbloglive.com, DJ Slim joining us right now. That's his nickname, if you're wondering, uh, currently live with us. Um, now, a lot of people have said that maybe this season seven was a little more blander than in the past. There wasn't really anybody who was really that bad in the top 12 or really even, you know, over the top. Um, you can argue that as well from uh, prior seasons. Uh, but, DJ, uh, do you think uh, that this season was the blandest so far, and, and maybe that's why its ratings were a little lower than expected? Do you think it was just it was up there with the other seasons of the past? Well, there was definitely no exciting contestants. I think the most exciting contestant, well, there was two of them, Danny Noriega, who got the boot real early in the show. And I didn't personally like him, but people liked the way he spoke to the judges, and he was very outspoken carried on. He was, you know, he was a crybaby in a lot of ways. People like Amanda Overmeyer. She went early in the show, too. She was another one of those over-the-top contestants, and, you know, she was gone. So besides those two, the contestants were very bland. 
A lot of them were contestants that had previous recording contracts that failed, and Idol used that as a way to try to recoup some of the money they'd lost years ago because now these people will sell albums. So all in all, it was a bland season, but again, you know, it's a money game. Idol was trying to find a way to get some of the dollars back that recording agencies had lost in previous recording contracts. Okay, uh, DJ, uh, I want to ask you, you have the uh, first, you know, seven or eight seasons, who is your personal favorite singer out of that has come out so far, whether it's Carrie Underwood, maybe Chris Daughtry? Uh, who's your favorite? My favorite's Carrie Underwood and, and Kelly Pickler, both because I like country, um, and I kind of live in the sticks. So country music is what I was brought up on with my, with my family. My father listened to it. Um, my wife's parents listened to country. And Carrie is just definitely by far, she's outshined everybody else. I mean, Chris Daughtry is good when it comes to that style of music, rock, you know, the pop rock, southern rock, whatever you want to call it. But Carrie Underwood, she just she's by far superior to anybody else. You got Taylor so Hicks on Broadway. You what? Well, some eye candy too. They're pretty uh, good looking. Well, of course, that never hurts anybody. <laughs> Same with Kelly. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about this. We have to ask this. Like us being on a tech show, we have to know. You're you probably heard the website votefortheworst.com. Correct. Of course. Yeah, like, do you really think that VoteForWorst.com has an influence in swaying the votes at all? Because there's a simple website. What could they have against millions of people who are voting in America? What do you think? Well, it's interesting because they don't. They really don't. Because in a lot of ways, if you watch what Vote for the Worst does, they pick the person who is by far the worst, and a lot of times they're not right. This season they, they were somewhat right. You know, They had a few people that they got, you know, got kicked off. But for the most part, they just pretend like they are getting someone removed from the show. And they're really not. Yes, there's lots of people that watch their website. I mean, there's tons of people. I go on it all the time just to see what they're talking about. And it, it's funny to see how much criticism they get from other people. So I think all it does is it makes people vote for that person, other people vote for that person that they're trying to get voted off that much more. You know, if they're saying vote for David Archuleta because he's the worst, People are going on there and saying, oh, well, we're going to vote for everybody else. And they do because they hate that website so much. Their mailbag is just full of people that just hate their website. But it's a good idea. It's a marketing niche. I mean, they're making a lot of money doing what they do. It was a perfect idea. It was a perfect marketing niche. And they're generating a lot of page views and a lot of advertising dollars for themselves. No doubt about that. And, uh, you know, every every time the American Idol um, finale comes to a close and – the season end, you know, there's always the question, who's going to sell the most records? Are we going to have another Chris Daughtry? You know, are we going to have another Carrie Underwood or Kelly Clarkson even? Um, do you think David Cook or even David Archuleta or even um, Saeedisha, do, do you think they have a chance of selling as many records as, say, a Chris Daughtry? No, I don't, personally. Um, Chris Daughtry, he went home too early in the show. People just absolutely were attached to him. So as soon as his album came out, they just bought it and bought right into the whole Chris Daughtry story. If you look at Carrie Underwood, she's country. She's excellent. Like you guys said, she's eye candy. People are going to buy into that. David Archuleta, he's going to sell records, but he's not going to sell a lot of records. He might hit the teenage market, but you're not going to find a lot of older people, I don't believe, personally buying well, his Well, actually, I actually disagree with you about that. I think David Archuleta will only uh, be the teens, but I actually think that David Cook could be successful. Uh, I think that he uh, could be a good rocker. 
Oh, he's definitely going to be a good rocker. There's no doubt about that. Okay. I don't think he'll have what Chris Daughtry had. I just, I think Chris Daughtry was the first real rocker on American Idol, and I think he's definitely going to take, take the selling of albums by storm compared to David Cook. And it, it doesn't matter if you win or you come in second or third anymore. You're going to have an album. You're going to sell records. It's just, you know, I just don't think Chris Daughtry's ever going to be beat by David Cook. Maybe, but I just don't think so. He's got a huge fan base. There's no doubt about that. Um, I was wondering your um, your viewpoint um, on the whole American Idol, the call-in feature as uh, a new feature introduced this season. Uh, do you think, I mean, we had a very interesting, uh, when the uh, Simon's um, parent, his girlfriend, he was nine years old, called in. Uh, I, mean, I, I thought that added a little spice to the show. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on this whole call-in, this live call-in uh, thing that American Idol added on this year? It's something different. It's basically what I call filler. They're just trying to fill time so that they can have a one-hour show. Again, dollars, more advertisers for them. But it was interesting, some of the questions that people came up with, and it was neat when Simon's ex-girlfriend or friend from nine years old called in. and It did add spice to the show. It just doesn't add anything that's necessary to choose who's the winner, and that's what the show should be all about, is you know finding who's going to be your next American Idol. But it does add some, you know, excitement. A lot of people on my site absolutely hated the call-in because it was filler. They just don't like the filler stuff. They want a half-hour results show. Let's get to the results and get it over with. But that's the way they are. Uh, do you think uh, Simon lightened up a little bit this year? He did. Um, in, in previous seasons, he's been Why is this really hard. I could, you what? Why is this, you think? Well, I the show's getting... It's seven years old. It's, in my opinion, getting towards the end of its shelf life. And people don't like, a lot of people don't like what Simon had to say in previous seasons. They've knocked him on websites. They've, they've come down hard on him. And I think he's, he's trying to change things a little bit, not be quite as hard, be a little bit more constructive than put you down to try to help people achieve, you know, their dream of being maybe, you know, a decent singer. That's lovely potential. Hmm. Also, like, it might interest you to know, like, we're going to have on a special guest later on the show by the name of Emily Shackleton, I believe. She's the one who wrote the song which Cook performed, David Cook performed on the finale. I forget the exact name, but it's not the current Dream one. Time. Yeah, well, yeah, that one, Dream Big. And, yeah, like, do you think, like, well, she has the original streaming on her MySpace. Do you think that Cook sang the, the rendition of her song well? He did. Um, I, he put a twist on it, and he, everything he did, he put a twist on, and that was what you know what he was most known for this season was putting a twist on everything. He did well with it, though. I mean, he's done well with every song he sang all season long. The only thing I have to say with is he needed to give more credit to the people whose renditions he was using throughout the season where he didn't. I, there was a big controversy way back at the beginning of the season, and I think it was the Billie Jean song. And that he didn't give credit to one of these, like it's, I think it was a Seattle band that he stole their rendition and tried to put it off as his own. But other than that, he's done great with everybody's songs. Uh, DJ, uh, what do you think uh, Sanjaya is up to at this point? Oh, Sanjaya, he's uh, what is he up to? Is that what you wanted to know? Yeah, what's he doing right now? Because uh, that was ridiculous how far he got last year. Uh, he's he's doing well for himself. There's talks of a, a show with him and his sister. There's also he just did a nationwide commercial and over in India for Nationwide. 
he's going to be something someday. I mean, he probably will end up with his own TV show, and he'll make a lot of money. He's How, how about William Hung? Oh, he, again, it's another one of those people that just was in there to try to a marketing niche for themselves, and it was a marketing niche for Idol, too. They put somebody on there that was terrible, and people were attracted to him, and he sold he sold records, and it made Idol a lot of money, I'm sure. They probably get royalties off from that. He's a joke. Sanjay is a joke, in my opinion, but it's all about money. It's what it all revolves around the whole show and who's going to make money, and they make money for him. Now, DJ, we saw you know how Jennifer Hudson uh, uh, showed up in the, in the movie screen, and we saw Fantasia in, in the color purple. Out of these top 12 contestants uh, from season seven, which one do you think has the best Broadway potential uh, to go far over there? Saisha, by by far, I think Saisha is definitely the one that'll end oh, up definitely. on Broadway. She's she just has that. Her voice is Broadway. Her look is Broadway, and I mean she's definitely that's where she's headed to. I mean she'll have a couple of records, but she by, will end up on Broadway when it's all said and done. Uh, who do you uh, think is the worst uh, idol? Ever. The worst singer auditions or competition that you've ever heard. Or at least the oh, top three, maybe. Well, you got Ronaldo Lopez, or whatever his last name was there from this season, and oh, William yeah. Hung. They're definitely by far the two worst that I've ever seen. Oh, well, then how about a person who has made the top ten? Who do you think like has least deserved it over the last few years? I'm gonna to have to go with Ronaldo from this season. He didn't. He didn't come close at all. He was the worst. <laughs> Definitely the worst. All right. Uh, how do you, How do you think the uh, the criticism of the judges? What we talk about, you know, what Simon says or what Paula says or Randy says, but in the real scheme of things, how do you think the criticism from the judges affects uh, the top twelve contestants? Because I think this season it didn't really. I mean, especially with America, it didn't really take much of a toll. America seems to go against the judges quite often this year. That does happen. Um, the judges are there to try to influence the vote, and that's you know that's their job for the most part. But it's a popularity contest, and America's going to vote for who they think is the most popular. And they, they once somebody becomes a fan of somebody, like the David Archuleta fans, they're going to vote for him no matter what Simon says. Simon could have said, you were the absolute worst person we've ever seen, and people are going to continue to vote for him because they're just drawn to him. Uh, you see it time and time again. Even I, I was a Christy Lee Cook fan. Nights she did bad, I still had my dial idle program out and was voting for her left and right <laughs> because I was a fan, and that's what the David Archuleta fans do too. They, they don't listen to what Simon says. They try to throw you under the bus, and it doesn't work. They threw David Cook under the bus during the finale, and look what happened. He won the show. You know, it, 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 it doesn't matter what they say. Huh. All right, like, how about this? Like, at the end of uh, every show, obviously, they're going to have the top ten tour. How well do you think that this tour is going to be selling out as opposed to the previous years compared to, like, this year's top ten? I think it'll be probably the best tour they've ever had. You've got a huge fan base for Archuleta. You've got a huge fan base for Cook. And these people are going to pay, pay money for whatever seat they can get just to see these two perform. You had a couple of other people in there that were fairly decent, too. You got Michael Johns that a lot of the girls on my website you know, loved him. As we like to say, they swooned over him. And uh, they're going to pay to see these people. It was, it was a very, very talented top ten in comparison to previous seasons. People keep calling. And by far, they're going to sell probably the most tickets ever. 
All right, now I'll end with this. Um, and uh, please uh, give me an honest answer here. Uh, out of a percentage, uh, one to a hundred, how often do you think Paul is wasted on the show? Oh, boy. <laughs> Probably uh, 90, 95% of the time. Are <laughs> <laughs> really got coconut bottle? That's wow. a tough question. What a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not yeah. soda in her Coke cup. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, uh, a Sprite or water, maybe it's a little vodka. Yeah, yeah, of course, a little bit. <laughs> wow. DJ Slim, we gotta thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, of course, idleblog.live.com, and you'll be live blogging uh, so you think you can dance tonight. Once again, DJ, just remind our listeners to check out your blog, and uh, hope to see you down the line. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, guys. You guys have a good night. You too. Well. You too. Bye. All right, there's a okay, with some American Idol stuff there. Good stuff. Great stuff from DJ Slim. We're going to take a, a quick break here on the uh, System Showdown Sports Docket Simulcast. We get, and we'll get a word from our sponsors. I'll be right back after this. This is brought to you by My EDI Media, where media comes to play. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to Sports Heaven with Mark and Evan Live. Yes, yes, good evening, fans, and welcome to another edition of Torn Apart. I'm your host, Jonathan House, among my co-host, Ronald. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Sports Talk NY this Wednesday night. Hope you're all uh, in for uh, the evening and going to hang with us and have a good time. Well, hello, everybody, and uh, how's it going tonight? This is Minor League Baseball Radio. Hey, what's up? It's your boy DJ Ray here on this Sunday night at 9 4 p.m. Central Time. How y'all doing up there wherever you're at in La La Land? Welcome, everybody, to the Coach Rogue Show. And what's up, everybody? 702 Sunday night. Matt and Dre Radio back again live and welcome to the Sports Docket here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Vince Lombardi Jr. Show. We are live from Rockland County, New York. Okay, and welcome. This is Frankie, the Sports Guy, and welcome to Sports Talk Live. And welcome to the Cemetery and Shade and this radio show on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's going on, people? My name is Kendrick Thomas. And welcome to this showdown here on Blog Talk Radio. You, you can't call him that after the Super Bowl loss. Of course, it's not the Dynasty and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I mean, who was more successful this season, the Patriots or the Giants? Here's the question I posed. Game one of the playoffs, who would you rather have on the mound? Johan Santana or Ching Ming Wang? Well, <laughs> who, who would you rather have? Bruce or Pedro? I well, think Johan and Pedro are the answers. And there's, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, this guy's good, that guy's good. And you know what? They're all a bunch of uh, dirtbags, if you want my truthful opinion. And it says, yeah, I had knowledge of him using steroids, and that's just for Roger, no matter what he says, no matter what right back he says. If you want seven years, 150 million, just give it to him. The, the guy, he's worth every penny. The guy is really unbelievable. So basically what he's saying is that as long as you're hurt, it's okay to use it. I have a right. sore knee. Let me, let me, let me put HGH in my body. Oh, I, I didn't know I was gonna mix my biceps and triceps and my forearms three times the size they were. I you know I, I used it because I had a sore knee. That's the team that the people felt were the most poorly run after the Knicks were the Nets at 30 percent, uh, followed by the Jets at 27 percent, the Nets then at 16 percent. And I guarantee you, if Chad Johnson leaves this year, Carlton Palmer will struggle. First person we had a chance to talk to was manager 
of the Wilmington Blue Rocks, Daryl Kennedy. Now, Daryl Kennedy has managed, he managed rookie ball last year for the Royals organization. Justin Smith deserves to be in the Pro Bowl this season. I don't think he deserves it because he didn't get it. And, and, I, and I think one of the big things for the Mets is Jose Reyes. I mean, he's been terrible. Last year he's a guy. He has 17 stolen bases uh, last year. Right. He had 119 run scores, but I don't think he really did anything in the month right. of September. Apple has teamed up with American Idol to provide American Idol performances on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Once again, Apple with their iTunes shoving it around, shoving it in the face. Remixed by DJ Ray G. Take this out, baby. MyEDIMedia.com. And welcome back to the System Showdown Sports Socket Simulcast right here on Blog Talk Radio, 725 on a Thursday night in New York. Um, at 730, we have our NHL roundtable, Brian Compton of NHL.com, Chrissy Hammond of Behind the Jersey, Adam and Derek for the Penn Blog. So it's going to be a jam-packed roundtable that will last about 25 minutes long uh, before we get up to Emily Shackleton. So I guess Stephen uh, and John, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Mets. First off, those of you listening in, in our program, uh, wondering what's going on, we got uh, what a game our simulcast, a one-year anniversary, one-year anniversary program. You can call in at either one of two numbers. We'll take calls later on. That's at one six four six four seven eight five one eight seven, or just switch those eight seven, swap it with a one eight one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. We got a lot going on in both the docket and showdown chat chattings right now, so that's always very good. Um uh, everybody is chatting along right along while they're listening. Well so I guess Stephen uh the title of the back page of the of the New York Post was Pat's more like it and Fernando Tatis came in through for the Mets last night and told Yeah, it definitely is more like it. Fernando Tatis with the game winning uh two run double in the uh, bottom of the twelfth inning. A great great victory for the Mets all around. Uh played well as a team. Play with some excitement, unlike uh, that what they've been playing with lately. Of uh, course, uh, I I would say I was probably the best one of the season last night. Uh, they came back in the ninth inning, Andy Chavez with the home run, and then of course uh, Tatis with the two run double in the bottom of the twelfth. But other than that, uh, another good sign was their bullpen last night. The bullpen pitched uh, about five or six innings, and uh, just gave up that one home run to a Mezzica. That was the only hit they gave up. So nineteen. I have 20 batters who were retired by the bullpen. And also, another good piece of news last night for the Mets, Pedro Martinez, with a successful uh, single-A start. He's uh, slated to start next Tuesday in San Francisco. So, all-around, best night of the season for the Mets. Definitely. And, uh, you know, John, even though John may not be the biggest sports fan, he's a big Mets fan. And, John, uh, you probably probably front page of the newspaper like everybody else, with Willie Randolph, the manager of the Mets, getting front-page story uh you know, with the Mets struggling and all, and now, of course, Willie Randolph has righted the ship because the Mets took two two, two straight games in the first place for the Marlins. And, you know, Stephen, nice to see the Mets win a game that was not started by Johan Santana. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, Johan Santana, of course, I mean, he hasn't been uh, up to potential so far, but he's not doing a bad job. And also, uh, 
We'll get back to that in a second, but for those of you, I, hey, I, you know, never mind, never mind. My audio on my computer is working. I was gonna play you guys the, uh, I was gonna play you guys the audio from last night, but my speakers aren't working. <laughs> well, uh, we, we can have the, we can maybe get it in later on. We'll get it in later uh, on. We'll get third have our NHL roundtable eight o'clock. We have Emily Shackleton on, and again back on at eight thirty. Uh, joining joining Quant and myself. I'm joining John and myself. Uh, will be um, John Ruskowitz of Everything's an Argument, but that's back on a showdown at eight thirty. I mean, Andy Chavez coming through with a big home run. Next to Chavez back in the swing of things. Uh, the big home run in the bottom of the ninth. And then, of course, Tatis uh, with a game-winning double uh, to win it. And Tatis looking good. I mean, he's only got 19 at-bats thus far. But he's hitting 368. He's given in six runs. He's a home run. He's made some great plays in the field. And, you know, um, the Mets have Church, uh, um, who's been banged up a little bit. And they have uh, a Lou on the DL. So maybe... They're fighting bottom of lightning with Fernando Tatis, who's trying to revive his career. Yeah, Tatis, I mean, uh, was a bona fide star a while ago in uh, St. Louis and Montreal, I believe. Uh, Tatis, one year, hit uh, 35 home runs. And maybe he's getting some of that swagger back that uh, that this team uh, desperately needs. Uh, Tatis, uh, very emotional last night, did a great job. Uh, Stayed right on that pitch from Justin Miller in the uh, 12th inning. And not the Jets' Justin Miller, the Marlins' Justin Miller. Uh, but, no, great job by uh, Tatis and the whole team last night. They played with a little bit of extra oomph, in other words. So, uh, nice to also see Andy get his first home run over a calendar year. And also nice to see uh, the bullpen, as I said before, come through in the clutch. No doubt about that. Uh, we, we are now going to... Um Go into our NHL segment right here on the uh, sports docket. Well, before we put um, the guys on, just letting everybody know, right now the home team has won all the games right now in the Stanley Cup. It's uh, 2-1 to one, uh, Detroit. Uh, with the Pittsburgh taking game three last night uh, by a final count of 3-2. to two. Uh, g- Good game there. Uh, Crosby had two goals. And, uh, you know, finally Detroit has stopped a little bit. We're going we're gonna to usher in our guests right now. Um, so let me just see who's on the line right now. Do we have Brian Compton of NHL.com with us? No. Uh, do we have Christy Hammond of Behind the Jersey? Yep, I'm right here. Great, thanks for joining us. Do we have Adam or Derek from the Pens Log? Yeah, we're right. both here. What's up, guys? Yeah, we got both. Oh, you guys are both on the same line? Okay, great. Yeah. All right, so we have, uh, I guess we'll wait for Brian uh, to join us um, momentarily whenever he comes on. Um, Brian, of course, the deputy editor uh, from NHL.com. All right, guys, uh, I guess I'll we'll go in a little roundtable segment here. Um, let's, I guess we'll start with um, the team that's leading the series, uh, Christy Hammond, who, uh, writing for uh, Behind the Jersey. Tell us a little bit about your blog and um, your thoughts. Can this series become a best of a three-game series, or do you think the Red Wings are going to um, take game four here? I've been uh, blogging about the Wings since the lockout, and I just started as a way to um, write about the sport I love and the team um, that I have followed since I was a little kid. And um, so I do game recaps, uh, signings, pretty much any kind of commentary. Um, I'm not the humor blog that Penn's blog is, which I love, by the way, but that's not so much my style. I'm more um, some opinion, but fact um, covering the games and all of that. And I definitely think this could become a best-of-three series. I hope not. I would love nothing more than to see the Cup Rays on Game 5 at the Joe. But 
Um, it's definitely based on last night's game. We could definitely see a best of three. I'm not incredibly um, scared or worried. Concerned would probably be the appropriate word, but I definitely feel we could win in five. But if the Penguins win on uh, Saturday, it'll uh, definitely be a very close series to close it out. Um, and now let's go over to Adam and Derek from the Pen Blog. I guess, guys, uh, talk about you know your humorous blog, as Christy alluded to, over at the Pen Blog, and I guess your thoughts on a Game Three win. Hey, uh, thanks for having us on. Um, you know, we're all NHL fans are pretty much in the same boat. Um, just like Christy, we started the blog because um, you know there wasn't a lot of coverage um, on the NHL coming out of the lockout. I'm not sure how it was in Detroit, but you know. The uh, media wasn't giving us a lot of coverage, so we said, okay, we're not getting what we need, so we're just going to start this up ourselves. And, um, you know, like she said, you know, we wanted to go a different route. We um, we saw everyone doing analysis and opinions. And, you know, once you start getting – we're not saying Chrissy's real opinionated, but once you get opinionated, you start getting people that don't like your opinions. And we just wanted a – we just wanted a place where all Penguin fans could come. And we're, we're just pretty much go down the straight and narrow, right down the middle – um, there's two of us, so we can always do the even season argument if there's a real controversy that the fan base is split on. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. The popularity of our site definitely belongs to the, the onus is on the readers that come and contribute and check it out. Yeah, we we really have uh, no lies at all. So it kind of just keeps us uh, <laughs> reason, reason, the reason to get up in the morning. That's about it. Uh, now, uh, Adam and Derek, I'll go to you guys once more uh, with the Pens blog. Well, I saw firsthand how good this team is uh, as they uh, killed my New York Rangers there in the uh, second round. Uh, but with Crosby, Hosa, Malkin, um, are they going to keep these guys for the long haul, or are they going to just uh, let them go in free agency? Are they going to have enough money to keep all these guys that they have right now? And also that's including Ryan Malone. It, it's going to be it's going to be really really difficult. The the prevailing thought is that you know definitely uh, you know, Crosby's been lost at Frankfurt. Another six, seven seasons. I think it's. I think it's six seasons. Um, you know, Malkin's going to be uh, the, the next guy up. Um, other, you know, after Crosby, it's going to be really difficult to, to keep uh, Marion Hosta. Um, he, you know, he was a great free free agent pickup, but there's still a lot of uh, you know a lot of other guys that um, Ray Shearer might be you know looking to to sign. And I, I just don't know. I, I, the, the the thought around Pittsburgh is that it doesn't look like they're going to be able to keep everybody, but. You know, hopefully they're able to keep Crosby and Malkin. Um, that, that's that, that's the big two. Ryan Malone, he's going to get a huge contract for his you know, great performance this offseason. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's a real testament to uh, Ray Shearer to see how good he's going to going to be in this offseason. And currently right now, I believe Brian Thompson of NHL.com is on the line. Brian, you're with us. I am. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Great. Great. So Brian, uh, Brian, here's the scenario. Right now we got a Penguins blog. Penguins bloggers on. We got a a Red Wings blogger on, so I guess you'll be kind of the moderator of the NHL guy. So I guess uh, we'll go through there. Um, now, Brian, I want to get your thoughts. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get back to Christy and the Pens bloggers in a sec. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you thought um, at, with the Game 3 win, and do you now think it could be a best-of-three game series? I think uh, I think there's a good chance that it could go seven games, guys. I think this could be a series that uh, the home team wins every night. Uh, the atmosphere last night was fantastic. From uh, you know, before the puck even dropped, it was just wild. Much, 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 much louder than it was in Detroit. So uh, that's going to be a huge factor going into uh, Saturday's game as well. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. 
Oh, what do you think yeah. about that? Uh, he's kind of dissing your fans. Uh, what's going on there? Because <laughs> he's not showing up like your fan base. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't catch that last part. I didn't realize you were talking to me. Sorry. What was that again? Oh, uh, well, uh... <laughs> I heard but, uh, what Brian was saying about oh, the uh, crowd noise. I just didn't hear either Derek or... Oh, I definitely oh, think that the um, Pittsburgh crowd was for sure way louder, way more into it. I'm not going to deny that whatsoever. It really did remind me of, like, the 97 or even 95, 96 runs for the uh, cool. Wings with that kind of fan base. They were just so hungry, and they um, just wanted the cup so bad that it was really reflective in how loud the crowd was. And I'm not saying our fans don't want the cup as much as the Penguin fans do, but I think being in the playoffs for the 17th straight season, it's kind of um, hindered in a way how loud the fans are, and they kind of take it for granted so you don't get that loud crowd that you would at, like, Mellon Arena, for example. Uh, Christy, I'll, I'll go back to you for a second. Also, we all know that the Red Wings, are they're a great team, but uh, one issue they're going to have uh, in the upcoming seasons, they have a lot of age on them. With Nicky Lichner at the back, with Chris Chelios, uh, uh, Osgood and Hasek, I mean, they have a lot of age on this team. They have young stars, too, but a lot of age. Uh, how much longer are these guys going to play for the Red Wings? Uh, I think with Hasek and Chelly, it really depends on how long they want to stay. Uh, Chelly, he, I mean, he gets, what, $850,000 a year. It's not a really, it's not breaking our bank, and it's nice to have that veteran presence. So I think uh, Ken Holland's going to keep him around as long as he wants to play and he's not going to play for any other team before he retires, so maybe it'll be a mutual decision. I see one more year, maybe another. Hashik, I think, at least with Wings fans, his welcome um, isn't what it used to be anymore, and I wouldn't be too upset if we didn't see him after this season. I think we may have one more year before uh, goaltender Jimmy Howard's ready to make the jump up from Grand Rapids, but um, it kind of depends on that. Um, and then with Lichstrom, I mean, his teammates call him the perfect human. It's really hard huh. to argue with that. He, I could see him playing not necessarily as long as Chelly, but as long as he wants to keep playing, I am all open for it because even if he drops 15 to 20% in his skill, it's still going to be better than most defensemen in the NHL, and you really can't complain about that. And Ozzy, I think um, – with his new, he added Butterfly to his goaltender repertoire um, over the lockout, and that has really helped. And I think he's never going to play, like, a ton of games. He probably will split, split the load with whoever his partner is at the time. Um, but with his experience and everything, I definitely see him uh, for a few more years here in Detroit. Did, did Osgood also uh, add the dive feature in, in his offseason workout? Uh, <laughs> I was not too happy to see some embellishment from him. I feel he picked it up from Hashik, and I was not too pleased with that because I love Hashik. I love his insane playing, and I think he's a fantastic goaltender, but sometimes he likes to stray from the net and uh, flop around, and Ozzy has seemed to pick that up the past few games, and uh, I'd like for him to stop. <laughs> I guess we'll start with Brian here, and then we'll meddle our way around. Uh, Brian, of course, know the Pittsburgh Penguins, their first uh, Stanley Cup victory in 16 seasons. I mean, and I'm asked about that, but also about uh, Gary Roberts' distraction on Chris Osgood on the uh, goal 
that Adam Hall scored uh, to give the Penguins a 3-1 advantage. Uh, did you think that uh, was um, appropriate, I guess? So, I guess Absolutely. I mean, uh, it was totally appropriate, guys. This is, this is Gary Roberts' job. He's supposed to create havoc in front of the net. And I think Mike Terrian screwed up big time by not playing them in game one. This is one of the few veterans this team has. They're going up uh, against a veteran team like the Red Wings, and it really didn't make much sense that Gary didn't play in game one. And, you know, the, the havoc that he that he created in front of the net in game three was exactly what he's supposed to do. And I assume the uh, Penn bloggers will agree with you there on the uh, appropriateness of that uh, distraction. What, do, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, the suit, um, whenever he came over, at the trading deadline last year, we knew what we were getting. Um, a lot of fans weren't sure. We had John LeClaire earlier in the season, and he turned out to be a real old and slow, and people were like, okay, this is John LeClaire 2.0 we're getting here. And, um, you know, some of the fans that didn't know Gary Roberts' background, you know, we, we really tried to uh, make sure everyone knew who we were, what kind of player we were getting at the deadline, and he really showed what he was made of at the end of the season last year in the playoffs. And, um, you know, we sort of built a cult following uh, with our site. Uh, a lot of people coming to the site, uh, starting all kinds of Gary Roberts for president and whatnot. And, uh, you know, he was mm. in for most of the year, and we stuck with him. And um, this is the reason you're paying him $2.5 million. Um, you know, I'm like uh, – sorry, guys. I'm like, I'm like uh, Chris Drury. Um, you know, Gary Roberts will show up in the playoffs. <laughs> Um, but um, uh, going up uh, below the belt to the Ranger fan here, I see. A quick aside: uh, the Rangers in the East were definitely the team that scared the Penguins and their fans the most, without a doubt. That's just a quick aside. Well, you know, it's um, hard to uh, win uh, when uh, Chris Drury gets uh, slashed in the face with a stick, and there's no call. But we won't get into that right now. This is not the time and the place. We, we, I don't, I don't remember that. Um, uh, well, wasn't never called. Uh, <laughs> I'll go to Christy here with the Red Wings. Uh, Mike Babcock, obviously, uh, looks like from the outside he's done a great job this year. What do you think, what do you make of uh, the job that he's done with the uh, Detroit Red Wings? I am a huge Mike Babcock fan. Uh, I see a lot of similarities with him and Scotty Bowman. I'm not saying he is the second coming of Scotty Bowman, but there are a lot of similarities, and he does call up Scotty Bowman a lot for advice, so you can kind of see that um, reflect in his work. And I just like he has a sports psychology background from um, his collegiate days, and he um, is very good at you know saying the right things, pushing the right buttons, knowing when to give the players a rest knowing which ones can um, be pushed a little farther. And I really just like how he um, has weeded out some of the players that I'm not saying their work ethic wasn't there, but he, they just didn't play the style of game that he liked. And this year we finally, I feel, are seeing a team that uh, fits Babcock's style of coaching the best. And we have the hard work ethic. And you have, with this veteran-led um, team, they're just, you know, in the weight room after practice. And because you see all these veterans, uh, you're, if you're a younger player, let's say like a Darren Helm, you're like, oh, I better get in there. If uh, Chris Draper or Nick Lidstrom's in there um, doing all this after a practice, you know, I need to follow suit. And so I really uh, feel that the blend of youth and uh, veteran leaders with this kind of coaching has been really beneficial. And uh, I definitely hope to see Kenny Holland sign them for a couple of years at least um, in a contract extension. He's up at the end of the season. So I would definitely like to see him again. Uh, now, uh, Brian, uh, what do you uh, think of the matchup between the coaches here, uh, Terrian versus Babcock? 
Uh, who do you think right now has the edge in the series so far, and uh, who's uh, out coaching who? Well, I think Babcock definitely gets the edge. I mean, he's been in the finals before. Uh, you know, he took the Ducks to the finals in 03, got shut out uh, the same way that the Penguins did in the first two games back-to-back and found a way to, you know, claw back into the series and force it to go seven. Uh, you know, his lineup decisions were much better. Uh, you know, I'm sure fans in Detroit, you know, some fans in Detroit wanted Chris Chelios in the lineup because of the veteran experience that he brings, and he's also been there before as well. But uh, clearly Detroit has to skate with this team, and they've done that. So uh, I definitely think he gets the edge, like I was saying before about Gary Roberts. It just it, it boggled my mind that he didn't play in game one. It really did. All right, now, uh, fans, what do you got to say about that? Uh, defend your coach here, Michelle Therrien. Coach, you know, Terrian, uh, he's he, all year long. You know, he's been he's been pretty steady. We've been uh, we we try to you know kind of stay out of that. It's 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 a hard thing to get into criticizing the coach and everything. And hey, unfortunately, I have to agree with uh, you know Christy and and Brian. I mean, his decision to not play Gary Roberts was definitely uh, was definitely a poor one. Um, but you know, I, I don't I don't think the coaching is going to win this series. It's going to be the players. And uh, I mean, it's it, it's it's going to be really interesting. He did make a good decision last night in playing Daryl Sador. It was a really it was a really debated uh, topic here in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Christopher Lepang's been outstanding. Um, but, you know, Daryl Thor came in, played real well. But uh, bottom line, is it's, it's going to come down to, uh, it's going to come down, you know, to, to the players on the ice. And, and it's not going to have a coach. I mean, you know, Babcock, and, you know, he's, he, he's really good at whining. So, I mean, I guess, he, I guess that's, uh, he's better than Terry in that aspect, too. So, so whatever. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's go back over to Brian here. Now, Brian, a lot of people have been comparing this series. I mean, it's only been three games thus far. I mean, we don't know how long it's going to go. But a lot of people have been comparing this series to the Devils, uh, Mighty Ducks, and Big Devils been over here uh, back in 2003. You think uh, the series thus far has been an exact replica of that? Yeah, it has. I mean, from, from the shutouts in the first two games right to uh, the home team winning each and every game, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of talent on both sides. There's, there's definitely more talent in this series uh, pay, on paper than there was in 2003, no question. But, uh, you know, the atmospheres also in the series are better than the ones in New Jersey and Anaheim, too. So uh, this is the dream matchup for our league, and we should be thankful that we have it, and hopefully it will go seven games. I'll tell you, the NHL and Versus, I think they got it, too. So no doubt about that. Uh, I guess we'll go over to um, Chrissy. You think also, I mean, watching the outside in 2003 when that, that uh, historic series, Devils versus Ducks, you think this series uh, – Pays a part to that. I think the series uh, with just the two very big popular teams um, and the star-studded lineup of the Penguins and then the popularity of our team, I think this series will draw more attention, uh, like Brian said, and so far it has lined up in terms of the shutouts and the numbers and that kind of thing. But I personally, um, well, admittedly my team is in the finals, but I would have a lot more interest in this matchup than I would uh, did with the Devils and Ducks, although it was a great series, and I um, definitely enjoyed watching the Ducks play after they had uh, kicked us out of the playoffs. But um, I definitely like this matchup better in terms of Stanley Cup final series and the interest it will generate among fans, casual fans, and the league. Okay, we're going to have a little rapid fire here to end this segment. Uh, I'm going to ask all of you uh, so far, who do you think is the uh, con Smythe so far in this uh, ser- in the postseason? Uh, we'll start with Christy. You guys have 30 seconds. Go. Okay. I would love to say Johan Franzen, but since he missed six games with a concussion, I think I will have to go with uh, 
Henrik Satterberg. Um, Lidstrom would be my top choice, but he's not going to get it. He doesn't stand out. Satterberg is a strong two-way player. He gets big goals. He um, leads or is tied with Cosby this postseason with 23 offensive points. And uh, he's definitely been one of the best players for our team this postseason. So I'd love to see him. All right, we'll go to Brian here. Who do you think is Conn Smythe so far? Yeah, I agree with Christy. Um, it, it would have been Franzen had he not gotten hurt. Uh, I think if Detroit wins, and I think they will, I think Chris Osgood should get it, uh, given the circumstances being thrown into the thrown into the National Series in you know in, in Game Four and and just t- taking the ball and running with it. Uh, two shutouts to start this final against you know uh, you know obviously the, the best offense in the, in the National Hockey League. So I think uh, it, it should go to Ozzy if the Red Wings wrap this up. All right. Eric, uh, what do you think, uh, Con Smythe, so far in the postseason? Um, uh, you know, if the Penguins win, it might actually be retroactive, and Chris Osgood might get it because he might actually be the most valuable uh, player for the Penguins if they do get the cup because uh, the Penguins sooner or later will break him, and I'll push it over to Derek for his 15 seconds of fame. I, I was just going to say Chris Osgood sucks. That's really all I have to – that's the only insight that I can include. I have nothing. I, I mean, he's, he's a joke. All right, well, uh, I'll say Yarmir Yager. No, I'm just kidding. Don't worry. <laughs> well, if the Rangers are still in, he might have been, but uh, but uh, he's not. That's the important part. It's uh, <laughs> Red Wings and the Penguins. Hey, guys, thanks uh, Thanks for the Giants. wanted to give a thank you for the Giants beating the Patriots this year real quick. <laughs> no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before you go, guys, but let's just uh, get your predictions um, on this series. I guess we'll start with Brian here. Brian, uh, predictions, uh, we, we got four more to go, or do we not? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, like I was saying before, the home team's going to win every game, so I'll say Detroit in seven. Nice. Uh, let's go over to the Penn bloggers. We'll be Detroit in seven. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Penns in seven, even though it's, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. What a shocker. <laughs> that was my analysis right there for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, and Christy, uh, I, I agree with Brian over here. Uh, actually, before the start of the series, I said Wings and Six, so I'm going to have to stick by that. I really do think the Wings can get a win on the road. It was um, obviously the Penguins earned their victory last night, but I definitely um, didn't think the Wings were that far behind them in that game, so I could um, totally see us winning a game on the road and Wings and Six. Guys, once again, thank you so much for coming on. We got uh, the NHL God, Brian Compton, uh, NHL.com, joining us. Thank Behind you. Jersey, uh, Christie's Hammett, no problem, and the two bloggers from the Penn's blog, Adam and Derek. Definitely check out all of those sites. Always great stuff from everyone. Uh, Join us in this roundtable, guys. We'll see you down the line, and best of luck to both teams. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. Take care. Good luck, Chrissy. Thanks, Brian. And uh, by the way, I'll say uh, Red Wings in seven. I think Red Wings will do it. Thanks, Thanks guys. Just uh, too good. Well, they, they are playing in their parade already. <laughs> yeah, they already have a victory celebration, so why not? Yeah, that's dumb. They need to stop that as soon as possible. <laughs> I don't want to jinx us. <laughs> uh, yeah, we know we're Met fans. <laughs> All right, guys. See you later. Thanks. See you guys. Thank you. No problem. Uh, I had to give a Met uh, reference there. Uh, and, well, <laughs> got a Met reference. Met's in, in play right now. What are you speaking Chinese? I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? 
Yeah, you do, but you speak Chinese before. I can't hear you. Now you can hear me. Yes, I can hear you. We'll take a quick break. We need a break. Uh, what? We need a break. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we are going to take a take a, a quick break uh, here on System Showdown Sports Docket Simulcast, and we'll be back after this. Hello, I'm a Mac. And I'm a PC. Uh, <laughs> you may begin. PC, why is there a referee here? To make sure you play fair, Mac, so you don't go boasting about how Leopard is better and faster than Vista. I didn't say that. The Wall Street Journal said that. Well, let's wait for the call. After further review, the ruling stands, Leopard is better and faster than Vista. What? That's a ridiculous call. What are you, blind? What's the matter with you? You're ejected. Ejected? You can't eject me. Where am I supposed to go? And welcome back to the uh, System Showdown Sports Docket Simulcast here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. A little tech and sports combined into one right there. Um, guys obviously heard that. 7.53, seven minutes until uh, Emily Shackleton uh, will also give you, we haven't heard her song, um, Dream Big. We'll give you a little listen to, to that as well. Um, Stephen and John alongside, I hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right here, man. I love that Mac commercial. It fits in perfectly with the sports combined with tech. It's great. <laughs> yeah, and John, of course, was enjoying himself uh, during our NHL roundtable. Yeah, I love it. Everybody in that segment. We still got um, some more on our program. Emily Shackleton, um, American Idol Songwriter Competition winner, will join us at 8 o'clock on our program. Also, we'll take some calls now. I'm sure we have a lot of people that want to call in. We'll take uh, calls up to 8 before Emily joins us. And then as Emily goes off, we'll uh, play a little piece of her song, um, of course, uh, from her MySpace. Uh, check it out, myspace.com slash Emily Shackleton. Uh, great stuff over there with all her tracks. And, of course, Dream Big, the big one, uh, that Chris Cook. Um, Chris Cook. Chris Cook. David Cook. David. Who the hell is Chris Cook? I, I think I'm Chris Daughtry. Sorry. That'd be um, cool. That's, that's, no, I was saying uh, there's, like there's like Aaron Cook, there's Dane Cook, there's David Cook. Who's Chris? Chris Cook. I love it. <laughs> Anyway, we'll take some calls. We got two phone lines. We got the aim open up. We got the chat. We'll take some calls until our big guest Emily Shackleton joins us at eight o'clock here tonight. We got lots going on in our chat room and a lot uh, with the sports and with the tech. Uh, I guess even if we don't have any calls, let's go a little bit uh, with the uh, update on the Mets game. The skanks. The what? The skanks. The skanks. Skanks. Oh, you mean the Hankies? No, the Skanks. S K A N K S. Skanks. How about the Skanks? Until I lost. Uh, oh, Yanks. Uh, <laughs> and they want to call in before we have Evan Jackson. We got two numbers. We got 1646, the 478 5187, and 1646, 478 5118. So call That's what she one said. of those two lines. <laughs> Take one of you. Take one of your that, I meant what Chris Cook said. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, we're going to be having on Emily on. The great stuff. Um, we didn't really touch on the Yankees much yet, but uh, the Yankees are uh, reeling, you say that. I mean, they did beat Baltimore um, a 4-2 count uh, yesterday, but uh, I mean, and now Jobs is going to be in the starting rotation. Of course, uh, that's a controversial move by Joe Girardi. Oh, Klaus, Klaus, let me get something quickly, Klaus. Go ahead. 
plus. All right, if anybody in uh, Lindbrook or anywhere else is listening, uh, for tomorrow night's uh, Met game, I have three extra tickets in upper deck uh, reserve behind on plate, and I need to sell them. I'll offer you uh, $10 each for them. Uh, they're, they were face value at 20 but I'll sell them for 10 if you want them. So uh, three tickets in uh, Section 1 in the upper deck for the Mets game tomorrow night. So if anybody's interested, uh, give me a call. You know my number. Or you could uh, aim me at uh, MetsFanac910, and I'll see what I can do to get you the tickets. Definitely, no doubt about that. If you want to call on our phone lines, uh, we'll definitely take your calls. We've got some time before Emily will join us. Um, we're talking sports and tech and, and the like uh, on our program tonight. Also, you can check out Emily Shackleton, her song, Dream Big, selling for 99 cents over at iTunes. Yeah, it has two songs there on the charts. Yeah, of course. Um, now... Uh, the Mets, of course, playing the Dodgers tonight. Uh, Joe Torre's first game at Shea Stadium wearing a uh, L.A. hat. So that should be interesting. Uh, going well, against, yeah, uh, there's, there's no score. No score. score in the third uh, starting matchup was, the starting matchup was not really the Mets' favor. It was uh, Brad Penny. I mean, he struggled thus far this season, ERA above five. And then you have um, Claudio Vargas, who uh, has pitched well enough to win two out of three outings, but only has one win to show for it. Uh, he's going up against uh, the right-hander, Brad Penny. So the Mets, uh, hopefully... Brad Penny's uh, always uh, met killer over the years. I'm not met killer. The Mets have killed Brad Penny, in my mistake, over the years. I mean... Um, no, Brad Penny's record against the Mets is 5-12. and 12, So, yeah, the Mets have killed Brad Penny throughout his career. There's no doubt about that, Steve. And, you know, uh, as John is saying right here on AIM, there are over a million uh, Chris Cooks on Google. But uh, he wasn't an American Idol, no. Nah, maybe in the future, but nah, not now. There was a Christy Lee Cook, but not nah, no Chris Cook yet. Oh, yeah, two cooks. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Christy Lee Cook? She was like, she was cute. Yeah, she could sing all right. She got eliminated early, though, so, she's, eh. Uh, She's a skanky version of Carrie Underwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one, man. <laughs> yeah, well, Carrie Underwood was pretty, you know, she's good. She won. And, yeah, Christy Lee Cook was trying to, no, you know, like. Christy Cook and David Cook, do you think they're married? Aw, that's so cute, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like the ultimate American Isle fantasy for any 15-year-old girl. You know what, yeah. they must like to eat. Ah, that's all. <laughs> I get it, that's funny. But anyway, we're getting a little uh, off topic here. Uh, just to tell you, Emily Shackleton was, um, has gotten quite a bit of publicity uh, for you her song. Do you think they like to eat singles? Did you what? Do you think they like to eat Pringles? Pringles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Pringles. Anyway, uh, Emily will join us momentarily on our program. That's our big guest. That's the uh, guest that, I mean, not not to say that our NHL guests are idle hey, bloggers. Before we go to a break here, before we go to a break, I, I do have a question from, this is uh, Brian in uh, Flushing. Uh, he okay. says, uh, with job in the rotation and use coming back from the injury, do you think the Yanks can make a run to win the division? What do you guys think? Uh, well, um, I think that I, I think Yankees definitely uh, can. Um, well, I think the Yankees are going to win. I know it's just Ben Mario. No, I think the Yankees will definitely can. And by the way, uh, Mario, before you answer that, uh, Mario, he's not related to Luigi. <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, the, but the Yankees are only, you know, six games out of the I'm sorry. Okay. 
I was going to say, the Yankees are right now six games out behind the Rays. At the Yankees, that's pretty good, uh, considering only four and a half back of Boston has the wild card right now. And the Yankees have won six out of ten. You know, they're starting to win at home, which is always good. I mean, they swept the Mariners, which is, you know, not such a great team. Um, but, uh, and the worst in the MLB at that. But the Yankees, I think if Jabba gets in, I mean, the Yankees are starting to extend them later into games. I think once the Yankees start putting uh, Jabba in the starting rotation, I think it's going to have a big impact on the team because now you've got to start thinking about that eighth and ninth inning and what are you going to do about that. I mean, uh, they're, they're putting the Hawkins. Hawkins can't get, get anybody out. I mean, uh, that's going to be an issue. Farnsworth, you know, we know with him and the, uh, the golfer balls. So, I mean, I think if Jabba's in the rotation, uh, it's going to be a sticky situation uh, the Yankees there. So, um, you know, we'll see what it's happens. I mean, Jabba definitely to win games, but the Yankees need games to be won in the 7th and 8th inning. I, you know, I, the Yankees are going to be a very dangerous team. Excuse the motorcycle outside. I think the Yankees will be a very dangerous team, but I still think uh, Red Sox are a little better. I think they'll uh, win the division. I think the Yankees will win the wild card. And, Steven, I hate to stop you train of thought there, but we do have I'll our take a break, and then you want to get to our match call? Or... Uh, we're going to take the uh, call right now. We're going to start the uh, segment right now. We do have um, our special guest on, Emily Shackleton, who's gotten a ton of publicity for her um, song uh, that won the American Idol Songwriter Competition with David Cook. And I really think uh, this song, Dream Big, really won it uh, for David ah. Cook um, in, the, in the competition. We'd like to welcome now Emily Shackleton to our program. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, how are you? We're great. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well, thanks. First, I've got to ask you, what's it been like? It's been pretty crazy, just in terms of, for instance, on MySpace, I've gotten about 40,000 more hits in the past week just since <laughs> American Idol. Uh, the song's been in the top ten on iTunes this past week, which is awesome, and um, it's just really opened up a lot more doors for me, so it's been great. Have you spoken to uh, David Cook yet? I've, I haven't spoken to him, um, but I've spoken to him through someone. We weren't really allowed to speak at all before he performed the song just because we could be linked together, but we were able to speak kind of through a third party who worked for 19 Entertainment and American Idol. Oh, I know with a little uh, Cold War policy. I mean, they're really strict about... Uh conflicting with the results they were they were extremely strict but i think a lot of that just has to do with um a lot of the fans that watch american idol are so zealous about it that there's been talk that they even try and you know listen in on phone calls and see like that to see how people get linked together so i think that had a lot to do with why we weren't allowed to speak uh, you know, American Idol, they always want to be secretive about the results. It keeps their ratings. But, yeah, we got to right. ask you. Yeah, yeah. But so we got to ask you, like, this song, Dream Big, like, we have to wonder, how did this song come about? How did you manage to write such a great song? And well, what's the history behind it? A story? Anything? Yeah, it has, it has kind of a funny story. I, um, I wrote it for myself when it was a rainy day, and I was um, just really in a lonely um, kind of pessimistic mood that day and um, was just sort of trying to cheer myself up and it sort of started as a sad song and worked its way into the form um, that it is now on my MySpace page and I played it for a friend 
who immediately said, you have to, you have to submit that for American Idol. And I said, no, I mean, I really think that a boy is going to win this year. And um, I just don't think that it'll be appropriate for any of them. And, um, and he, he just kind of talked me into it. And I said, what the heck, I'll, I'll try. And, um, and then that's how it came about. I didn't write it for American Idol. It, you know, it was nothing like that. It just was sort of the right song in the right place at the right time. Well, that's certainly a very cool thing there. Uh, so now, uh, if you originally sang it, uh, what did you think of David Cook's uh, rocker rendition of it? I loved it. Um, I had such a fun time. I was watching it in my living room, and I uh, had some friends over, and we were all sort of jumping up and down, and it was it was incredible. It's the first time I've ever heard another artist do a rendition of one of my songs, so I thought it was great. Have you, I imagine that you've landed a, a ton more gigs also because of this uh, publicity. I have. Um, it's opened up a lot of doors for me. I've been pursuing a, a publishing deal for a while and had offers from a few smaller publishers in Nashville, but it's really opened up the doors for some of the bigger labels to contact me and hear about me. Um, so it's a, it's been a really fun Really crazy week. Um, I'm looking forward to the weekend to sleep a little bit, but then it'll be just more meetings, more co-writes, more uh, more crazy stuff happening. Definitely congrats on everything, of course. Um, what do you think this whole, um, I mean, Arcletta also sung our songwriters um, edition. What do you think this whole American Idol songwriter edition, uh, songwriter competition does for people like you trying to you know, get yourself out there even more and what what do you think it adds to the show? Well, for getting us out there, I mean, they list, they send out a press release stating the names and the songs of wow. the top 20, and, you know, that, that gives us a lot of publicity, especially on, on places like MySpace where people can search for our names. Uh, people made, back when it was just a song in the top 20, a lot of people would hear the song after going in to vote for the competition, and they would make tribute videos for the song. Um, now if you go on YouTube, there's a, a video with Dream Big and Barack Obama or a video of Dream Big <laughs> with with Miley Cyrus. So it's really crazy. Um, I yeah. think it's probably done the same for a lot of other songwriters in the competition too, but especially for me, it's just been a really great platform. And as for songwriting competition, what it does for the show I just think it's another form of American Idol. It really gives another um, part of the creative community a chance to be a part of the whole competition. Um, and I think I think it's a great idea. I know that the judges weren't very crazy about the songs this year, but uh, I think America thinks differently, and it's been a great it's been a great way to hear a lot of different new writers that are up and coming. Well, yeah, I think that's a uh, tremendous idea about what American Idol does there for the uh, songwriting competition. Uh, now, I just wanted to ask you, uh, over the eight seasons of American Idol, who's uh, your favorite singer? Um, my favorite singer for the girls um, is Carrie Underwood. I think that she's killer. Um, I just, I mean, she's she's just unstoppable right now, but... David Cook is definitely my favorite for the guys. He brings something new um, that none of the American Idol contestants have done before. He's a tremendous guitar player, and he's actually a fabulous songwriter as well. So I'm really excited to see 
what happens with his album that he's putting out. I just think he's an all-around, really well-rounded musician and not just some um, singer like the rest of the seasons have been. Hmm. hmm. Well, this, we got to ask you. Like, we know that everybody knows about this huge track that's popular now, Dream Big, because it was performed on Idol. But we know it's like you have a bunch of our tracks in your MySpace. Like, what are, do you have any stories behind these tracks? How, how, what inspired you to get these tracks? And do you think they'll become as popular as Dream Big? Um, I'm hoping so. I just met with some people at different labels today, and, um, you know, some big-name artists are considering some of my songs. They all have their own stories, um, but most of it really does come from some sort of small truth. Um, maybe maybe I had, you know, kind of a lonely day, and then it came up with this big song, Dream Big. Or maybe I had, um, you know, a small, wonderful moment with my husband, and it, it, I turned it into, a, you know, a big love song. Or one of my friends complained to me about a fight that she had with her boyfriend, and I turned it into, you know, an emotional breakup song. It really comes from just being able to have a big imagination and be creative with these small truths and turning them into exaggerations that are universal. Uh, Emily Shackleton currently uh, from the American Idol Songwriter Competition. David Cook sang her edition of Dream Big on Miss Mally. Um, I was just wondering, you know, I mean, you have all your influence listed on your MySpace page. Just talk a little about, about, you know, other artists who have inspired you throughout your musical career. I grew up listening to folk artists, a lot of um, a lot of artists like James Taylor, Carol King, my my all-time favorite artist is Dan Fogelberg. Um, so I grew up with sort of a folky um, idea of, you know, lyrics and everything like that, but also grew up listening to Top 40s radio. I grew up in a small town, so we didn't have any of the indie stations or anything like that. We just have very straightforward, you know, two radio uh, radio frequencies that came in in our area, and they were both straight pop music from the 50s through today. And so um, that just that whole genre really inspired me. And then when I moved to Boston, and by that time I had found, you know, other influences like Fiona Apple and Alanis Morissette and some of the edgier female singer-songwriters and also found country music and the way that that lyric really brings something different to the table. And I feel like I've just sort of become a melting pot of, of all the different genres of music. Hmm. Well, well, speaking of this whole melting pot thing, like it's interesting to note that since you're such a country slash folk singer and David Cook put such a rocker spin on the song, how do you think that folk aspect of your music adds to the way David Cook sang that song? Hmm, I don't know. I think that folk songs are very universal, um, whether it be folk rock or, you know, acoustic pop or something like that. And I think that any song is universal in the message and the lyric can be done in many different ways, just depending on the kind of production on that. And I think that David Cook probably liked the lyrics the best and then just decided to kind of give it his own spin from there. I'm not certain, but that's that's what I would assume. All right, so now that you uh, become successful with this song, uh, do you dream of any big plans of the future? Any gigs? I do. I'm just, excuse me? 
you have any gigs going on maybe or any future plans? I, I have I have future plans definitely. Um I love I love performing in the area just at writers rounds and things like that, but I I don't do a lot of gigs anymore. I'm not really pursuing performing, um but I do have big plans as far as writing goes. I'm just on the same track of of pursuing the right publishing deal um, that fits me and just really getting my songs out there and hearing them on the radio, hopefully. I also found it interesting uh, that the only, I think the only part of the song that David Cook, you know, changed was, you know, the first line that he's a, he was born a young boy as opposed to a young girl and that he kept the lyrics intact. I think that was a great job by uh, David there. Yeah, I thought that was really nice of him. I mean, I told them, I was ecstatic when I heard that he was going to sing the song, and and I just told them they could change anything they wanted, really. So um, I thought that was really neat that he kept kept the song exactly the same, except for changing, you know, the gender. I'll tell you what, America definitely loved that. I mean, that was uh, definitely a tremendous performance by Cook there. Um, now, as you um, obviously move along here um, with, with your gigs. Um, what do you think the difference is between performing on a big stage and a little stage? I think when you perform, you know, you said you perform mostly locally uh, with your gigs, um, you think that it, maybe you get a little more opportunity to add to, I guess, the songs because you're not going to be in front of screaming fans and, and the like. So do you think it's a, it's a little more easier to perform in front of a local audience as opposed to a national audience? Um, well, I've done both, and I think that as, as funny as it sounds, sometimes it's more nerve-wracking to perform to a smaller crowd than it is to a big crowd. But what performing to a small crowd um, does is it gives me a chance to bounce off new material that I've just written that day, you know, new songs, new arrangements, things like that, and that's a really good platform to try out new things that, like you said, I probably would never be comfortable trying something new off the cuff if I were performing for a large audience. Wow. Also, like we have to say, Emily, thank you so much for coming to talk with you know, coming out here to talk with us. We love your song, we love your music, and we hope that you certainly go far in your musical career. Because you you're great. And Well thank I, you so much. Thank you. Thank you for yes, look forward to look, hearing from you soon and maybe uh I know you've been in some uh, features in newspapers, and I'm sure you'll be in other features like in TV Guide and, you know, all over the map. So, great. Uh, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Have a great night. You too. too. Uh, that, Bye-bye. That, of course, Bye. Bye-bye. That, of course, was uh, Emily Shackleton. Uh, John's saying he's in love. Uh, <laughs> I'm hey. here, but uh, <laughs> I know I want to keep that to uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, she's a uh, did a great job uh, with the uh, um, interview there. Tremendous um, insight from her, you know, on her song and uh, her performance. Um, I guess we'll, you know, take a quick break here. Of course, we had a jam-packed program. We were, we were racking up on the chat room, racking up um, with the calls, the listeners, and the whole thing. So we did a tremendous job tonight. Um, we've got 15 minutes left on Docket. We've got 44 minutes left on Showdown. Uh, just a little baseball update, too. The Mets have uh, gone on top of the Dodgers in the third inning. Uh, 2 nothing New York, David Wright, his 10th home run of the season. Uh, say, uh, driving Castillo. Uh, Brad Penny once again getting uh, touched up by the Mets here. Uh, Brad Penny already with 72 pitches through uh, three innings. So we'll uh, keep guys up after the rest of the game. 
And, John, you know, that's a lot. 72 pitches in three innings. I mean, he'll be out of it by the time the fourth comes around, the way he's going. I mean, Brad Penny always known for uh, a high AHW, which is um, hits hits and walks per nine innings. So um, a lot of base runners, of course, there. Uh, Stephen, is it more base runners in this game, or is it it more that it's just going to deep count? Well, only uh, four hits by the Mets, so obviously going three. Uh, too many walks. There's one, two, just two so walks. Five base runners, not two, two walks. Two walks, hits. But 72 two pitches. Uh, obviously, Tatis had a 10-pitch at bat, I saw. Uh, so that could do. All right, we'll uh, take a quick break. We'll take a quick break. We have uh, 14 minutes uh, left with the um, showdown. And we'll take calls. We'll take anything that's on your mind. Um, we'll be back after this on the Sports Docket and the System Showdown simulcast right here on Blog Talk Radio. The Sports Docket is not all sports. Neither is it all serious. We do get some laughs. Take sports a little bit here. We'll switch the NBA a little bit. So the season just getting underway now. So do you think uh, we'll start with the meal this time? Think it's true or false? Will the San Antonio Spurs repeat as NBA champions? Um. You know, I'm tempted to say false oh. because every year you can make a case why they shouldn't, but every year they seem to be the best team. But uh, Lakers, you know, I, I'm going to say probably. I'm, I'm going to say yes. They're true. They're going to repeat. My opinion is, uh, my prediction is, I think they're going to have a down year, and all of a sudden they're going to bring Evil and Gorion into the dressing room after everything. <laughs> they're going to peak at the right time and win it again. But <laughs> they do. <laughs> Tony Which I think we would all peak if she walked into our locker room, you know, guys. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Tony Parker is a lucky man. I, can yeah, tell you. I agree with that. I, they're, they're my favorite team just because of that. <laughs> the, oh. When you watch those games in the NBA Finals, they show more shots of Evil and Gordon <laughs> yeah, exactly. than they uh, do with actually the we players. Send something to that cameraman, am I right? <laughs> the smart man, he knows what the viewers That's want right. to watch. Exactly. <laughs> Showdown programs. So I have a question. Really, uh, uh, I have a question. Yeah. To the listeners. Go ahead. How do y'all feel just getting Rick rolled? <laughs> oh. Roll me once. Shame on you. Roll me twice. Shame on me. Ah. ah better, better. Shame, shame, shame. Shame on you, Tina. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't get to give my prediction on the NHL because we had our. Uh, uh, great uh, Wings and uh, seven. round tape. I, 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 I'm going to say uh, the Red Wings in six. I have to agree with Christy before that. I think uh, the Red Wings, I think the Penguins, are, their inexperience is going to hit them hard in the series. I think they are going to lose the series uh, in six. Um, I think the Red Wings are going to get their fourth cup in 11 seasons. They are a dynasty. 
Um, everybody in that, in that lineup, from Peter Zetterberg to Brian Rafalski, contributes for them. I mean, Osgood has done a stellar job in net, and I think that the uh, Penguins, are, I mean, the, excuse me, the Red Wings are going to take that series in six games. So that's my opinion on that. Um, I guess we got some time left. We got ten minutes for calls. We'll close with Doctor about eight twenty-nine, and then we'll have a, some time left on Showdown um, for you when uh, um, uh, John Ruskowitz will join Kloss and I. And of this simulcast, it's been a great show thus far. Tremendous job uh, by everybody. Uh, Getting the show together. We got to thank um, everybody who tuned in. All right, we, uh, we do have a question from Brian in Bayside. Uh, he asked. Brian in uh, Bayside. Hello. Yeah, we have a Go question. Ahead. Brian in Bayside says, "If Pedro fails to be the solid pitcher that the Mets need, will there be any hope for the Mets?" And now uh, he says in uh, parentheses, he, th- he thinks that our answer will be favoring the Mets. Uh, Kwasa, what do you think about that? And then I'll give my take. If Pedro uh, Martinez doesn't, doesn't uh, live up mm-hmm. to his potential, can the Mets still go far? I, I agree. I mean, Johan Santana can do it with both the uh, the glove, of course, uh, and, and of course with the with the bat, um, and with the pitching and the whole thing. Santana, the Mets are seven and one in his last eight starts. I mean, I think Pedro definitely help out. I mean, the way Claudio Vargas. And the way Mike Pelfrey, who lost his last six straight starts, have been going, he definitely used a Pedro Martinez in our starting staff. But, I mean, Johan Santana, I think he can carry the load. John Main, I think uh, maybe a couple more outings, and he'll get back in his regular tone. I mean, he's 5-4 and four right now. He struggled a little bit. And Pelfrey, of course, struggled. It, it definitely will help to have Pedro back there. But going, to, going into the season as a Mets fan, you couldn't really rely on Pedro at all. I mean, you... The best you could expect out of this guy is maybe 20 solid starts. It doesn't even look like we're going to miss two months. But, I mean, I mean he's very, this guy's he's there, very not just when he starts, though, but for the clubhouse, too. Uh, he brings, he loosens up the clubhouse, you know, when he's there, but he also makes a series well, Steven, keep I, it up. I think, I think Santana adds that loose feeling to the clubhouse as well. I think uh, it's that, uh, when Reyes is playing good, he does that, too. Uh, but also, Reyes, uh, with three home runs last four games, has definitely mm-hmm. uh, been adding to the clubhouse. No doubt about that. But also, so, uh, uh, with uh, with the Mets, uh, they do have uh, Santana. They do have Maine. That's a very good one, too, for the postseason. But if uh, Pedro's not there, uh, three and four, you'll have Perez and you'll have probably Vargas or Pelfrey. So, I mean, uh, I wouldn't really rely on that. If the Mets go far in the postseason, though, it's not going to be the starting pitching. It's going to be the bullpen and it's going to be the offense. Can they get the clutch hits, and uh, can the bullpen be consistent? If they have those two things working, then they can go far. But uh, it, I don't think Pedro is, uh, you know, is the player that will change things. I think it's uh, the bullpen, I think it's the clutch hitting. But Steven, I'll tell you what, um, I've, I've seen enough of Nick Evans already. I mean, the guy, ever since that, that three for four, has had one hit in the game since. I mean, he's playing well in the field, and he had a couple of miscues on the outside. Yeah, There's just a hard time thing. I wouldn't be too concerned. Uh, Nick Evans, uh, I mean, Chavez. He struggled, uh, one, no, he struggled with the bat a little bit. I think he had a little bit of that, uh, you know, uh, when the player first comes up, they start to hit well, and then they cool off a bit. Yeah, yeah well, um, you know, I once Church comes back, uh, he's going to be sent down uh, to the minor leagues, and, and uh, Valentin's supposed to come back. Tatis, Tatis going to be a spin in that lineup. I mean, you can fit Tatis in left field. I mean, you can even spot starter for Carlos Beltran if need be. He can also give us uh, Todd. He can give David Wright a day off if he needs it. He can, give, uh, he can play some first base. Uh, he, he can do a lot of things for your Tatis. I mean, 
Uh, hopefully, uh, his hitting will be better. He also he's that right-handed bat off the bench that you need. Uh, the right-handed pinch hitter off the bench. Maybe we finally found somebody uh, that can do it. But ho- hopefully, Valentino will come back as well. He can get some playing time at second base. Uh, also at first base, if he, he can get some playing time against the tough lefties for Delgado. So, uh, and also Valentin's great for the clubhouse. No doubt. Uh, Valentin, when we're... In 2006, was one of the stones of the clubhouse. Who? He's one of the rocks in there, Valentin. He he did a great exactly. job I, us in uh, 2006. He just tuned in uh, to our program here on the uh, Sports Doctor Station show. I'm Simulcast. We had a, a great show. Um, that was doing so far for... Um, if you want to... Call in, we got 646-478-5187, Talking Tech and Sports, of course. Ace Man, the Clock, and John on a one-year anniversary program here on the uh, Sports Talk and Second Showdown. We actually started um, in May 17th, May 18th, 2007, so that's where well, it all began. Yeah, it's been a fun year. It's been definitely a fun 12 months, um, and uh, we'll take any calls. Anybody wants to... Time with us before Dawkins says goodbye tonight. So let's see what happens. And showdown. Uh huh. Yeah, don't forget about showdown, man. We're going for a half hour more. So yeah, you sports docket guys, you want to come on, hang with us for a half hour? Go for it. We love you guys. Hey, you know, show's got to stick together. So yeah, like go ahead, call us. We want to hear from some people. We want to make sure people are out there. Come on, call. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John. Uh, John. 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 What? Let me give you a little lesson in the marketing here. I did take a marketing You can't beg people. You have to give people a reason uh, to be on your show. Like, uh, what are you going to say? Like, uh, I'll give you a free Apple computer. <laughs> all right, all right. Tell you what. If people call, I'm not going to give anything free. I'm too cheap for that. <laughs> oh, see, like, how do you get people going? We're not going to give them anything free. That's ridiculous. Let's <clears throat> hmm. swank, let's I don't know what I do. <clears throat> hey, tell you what. If you call in, we'll say your name on the air. How about that? <laughs> That's free enough? Uh, give them a free lunch at the pizza place. All right, how about this? If any hot ladies call, and I'll take you out to dinner. How's that? Uh, right, well, getting back to what you Oh, no, 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 that's my job. <laughs> that's my job. Oh, all right, all right, how about this? If it, any hot guys calling, Ace Man will take you out to dinner. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how about that? That's horrible. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty bad. I know, right? I deny. I, I didn't hear any denying. <laughs> well, Stephen, uh, I was going to say, you know, getting back to uh, the Mets and their weekend series, they're playing the Dodgers for three not... more. Uh, they actually played a couple of national games uh, on Saturday afternoon, a uh, 4 o'clock start on Fox, and then on Sunday, an 8 o'clock game on ESPN. So, of course, uh, Mets and Dodgers, definitely a lot of interest with the uh, Joe Toy willie Randolph matchup. And uh, both teams coming in struggling a bit. The Dodgers have lost three in a row. The Mets just getting back on the uh, track. But, um, the three and seven, you know, in the last ten, even, even those two wins. And also then the Mets uh, will get a, a treat. They'll play the San Francisco Giants for three games uh, in San Francisco. I mean, the Giants, uh, they played well. Uh, they played better at home than on the road. They're still um, a team with a lot of problems. The Mets have to take advantage of that. I'm looking uh, Dodgers and Giants. I think, you know, seven games, Steve, Mets definitely can take five out of seven at least. I'm hoping. I mean, uh, I'm hoping they finally start a streak here. They're playing well tonight as well, up 2 nothing here in the uh, top of the fifth inning. Vargas pitching a very nice game, only 50 pitches at four innings. 
Uh, only one hit allowed, no walks, one base runner for the Dodgers so far. Uh, with the Mets, of course, getting the two-run home run from Wright in the bottom of the third inning. Uh, finally, Wright's coming through. He went to a little bit of a slide, but it looks like he may be coming back now. A walk and a home run tonight. But uh, the Mets, uh, hopefully playing a little better. The Yankees have righted the ship as well with that uh, five-game winning streak last week. Uh, tough loss for the Yankees, uh, yes, uh, I guess, like two days ago, with the 11-10 to 10 loss in uh, extra innings to Baltimore. But overall, the Yankees are playing better. They're going to get job in the rotation. They're going to get Philip Hughes back before we know it. And uh, I think both New York teams will uh, be in the race to stay uh, by the end of the season. And what ends on that note with on the should be, It here, should be it's... an exciting September in New York baseball. And once again, we'd like to thank everybody who listened tonight. We're getting towards the uh, home stretch of the show. Uh, for me, John, and Ethan, we'd like to thank you guys all for tuning in tonight. And uh, we'll be back same time, same place next week. Got to thank uh, from uh, NHL.com, Brian, uh, Brian Compton. Yes, Behind thank the jersey, you all our guests. Adam and Derek from the Penn's blog. Of course, um, uh, Emily Shackleton, uh, the singer from American Idol. Uh, the songwriter and idolblogwise.com, DJ Slip, all of our listeners on the chat room. Uh, we'll be 30 minutes more on Showdown, so definitely go back over to the blogtoreo.com slash showdown, and we'll close down on Docket with a little uh, paralyzer, and we'll see everybody uh, next next week uh, or in the future. We'll definitely see you. Let's go Mets, and let's go uh, Red Wings. See you then.